Welcome to Critical Ditto, the Pokemon role-playing podcast that you like and are subscribed to. We're at the circus! And I, I am not the ringmaster, no. I am just a mere peanut seller. I watch the circus every night and I love it. My favourite performers are there and I watch them and I eat my monkey nuts. And the first of my favourite performers who comes up first in the billing is David Leavisley. Hello, I am the strong man, David Leavesley. I play the caustic and hilarious former Church Theo. And for people who are listening from Eastern Europe, that was my attempt at voice acting. Um, and Theo has on their team. I'm not going to cancel. I'm not going to get cancelled. I'm not going to cancel by the Baltic states. I love going there too much. <laughs> former Yugoslavia, I love you, baby. So on Theo's team, we have a Medicham. We have a Swadloon called Hillary. We have a Kabuto called Cabbage. We have a Togekiss, who's a bit of an R&B singer. We have a Brobarical, uh, a Barbarical, who's also a member of a frat. And <laughs> we have Jason the Combi. And I'm holding a Slowpoke at the moment. That might change. Hopefully it will. There we go. Uh, and on my... Oh, God. I'm so sorry. It's been such a long year. It's, it's all right. Work, guys. The strong, no, the strong man. The, more strong man. The strong more man strong is paid man. to live, not to think. So it, it, I <laughs> And, uh, t- and to the strong man's left, juggling a series of impractical nouns, is none other than Tom Dale. Yes, it's me, I'm the juggler. This is my juggly voice, where I also juggle balls and my voice. Can you juggle a voice? It's going <laughs> in and out. What? It's up, it's known. What? I'm going to stop that. I'm sorry. I- <laughs> I'm really glad we both aborted. I'm so glad. I'm going to also abort. I I believe in Ali later down the billing. I'll let you know who Ali is. But but yeah, you should get excited. But for the meantime, my name's Tom and I play Brandy, former cheerleader of the champion of the Pokemon League uh, and wants to be a champion in her own right, but also save her dad from being a Celio. And to do that, Wimpy the Lopany, Gary the Scroopy, Snorleone the Munchlax, Dr. Bunnelby the Therapist, Flower the Meltan, and possibly a carcoal named Lightning McQueen. But I don't know, maybe we'll find that out in this episode. Following me in the actual performance, it's the very hairy woman, Ali Hill. <laughs> yes, the desire, the hairy woman. I also uh, look after the role of Kenny Mallet, the haunted yet empathetic young man from Comover Town on a quest to find out more about his weird superpowers. I am going to grow some hair live on stage. There it goes. It grows into the shape of my the hairy, Pokemon. The hairy woman is so well to do. <laughs> Does anyone, else get the feeling, does anyone else get the feeling that the hairy woman doesn't enjoy her job and actually just wants to get off the stage? <laughs> like, as quickly as possible. Stop interrupting me, peanut man! <laughs> Sit down in your seat. I need some peanuts. <laughs> My Pokemon are Dartus called Bowtie, a Gyarados called Moustache, a Salandit called Hoops, a Honchcrow called Fedora, a Spiritomb called Swirly, and I wouldn't make the assumption like Tom that I'm just going to have this Joltik, but boy would I like to. And on that bombshell, I pass it back. To said peanut man, Stuart Clark. Ah, uh, you thought I was a peanut man all along, but I'm not. I am <gasps> the Booker from Vegas, and you guys got your own show! A very low energy. <laughs> okay, wait a second. Do you guys even want to be in the circus? I no, thought this was the dream. I'm going to be honest. Two of the three of us gave up before they'd even started. <laughs> I know, I'm not, I'm not a very picky Booker. Let's put it that what way. What do we want, Booker? Uh, what, what do, do we want? want? We want to know what happened last time on this podcast so we can move forward. Previously on Critical Ditto. I'll do it in my normal British accent. Okay.
Previously on Critical Ditto. Cool. Good night, boys. The colossal begins to roll down the mountainside towards the assembled caravan, crushing and burning the landscape in its wake. The rest of its tribe begin to follow suit. Brandy, Theo, you've just seen Warden Viper book it. Theo, you're going to hate this, and I know you told me to get rid of it. Oh, no. Um, but... I kept hold of it, and Brandy produces a key made of udon noodle. Tallulah takes out a couple of piercings and starts just chipping away at the key. After about ten seconds, the lock opens, much to everyone's surprise. I'm going to say, how can I get the Colossal to stampede in another direction? I think you have to wrangle Lightning McQueen, Carcol. And Theo's eyes are begging, please no, please no. As we zip past Theo, grabbing Theo and dumping Theo onto the back of the, the carcoal with Slowpoke as we go off after Warden Viper. And Lou the 16 bucks sends Warden Viper flying. As she tries to dust herself off, she's surprised to see Theo offering a hand. We cut to the stampede of Colossal, moving at a horrendous pace. They're coming, they're bearing down. Slowpoke, rain dance. So we see this stampede just part like the Red Sea around this tiny storm. Kenny got hit by a, a colossal and it is on its side you see but luan is no longer conscious from her mouth from her ears from her nose she had started to expel gas this is toxic gas and it's filling your car what um, pokemon is nearby a joltic <laughs> you see an opening in the gas cloud i could squeeze through that it would be tough but i could get through it however that in doing that you would leave luan i don't think kenny even hesitates i can't get out of here until I help this person. Save yourself, Joltik. But I need to save her. I have to save. I have to save everyone. And I think he collapses. Kenny, last you remembered you were in a high security prisoner transport. There was a woman with purple hair. You remember clinging to consciousness, clinging and failing. You're falling, not through the air. You can't feel the wind tugging at your clothes or your matted hair, but you know you're moving down, down, or backwards. You open your eyes briefly. A dizzying array of colors and shapes assails your vision. It is nauseating. You're still falling. It's unstoppable. Like water being sucked down a plug hole. You'd steal a ragged breath if there was air around you to breathe. How long has it been? Time around you seems slowed down. No, sped up. No, slow. You... You have no idea. Then it all stops. The nausea, the movement, the sensory assault, familiar sensations hit you, sensations from a world that you can understand. The hoot of a noctowl. The smell of crisp dead foliage. The chill of a cloudless sky. You open your eyes. You immediately recognize your surroundings. You are sat on the roots of a large tree. A tree that last time you saw it was caught in an eternal supernatural blaze. The ever-burned tree you had located only hours before, this time very much not on fire. 
and the gnarled bark is cold to the touch. The tree bends slightly as a strong breeze whistles through the surrounding glade. It's dark, late, with a high bright moon overhead. You hear voices nearby, raised and agitated. You see the glow of what looks like a large fire through the trees. Crunch! Footsteps near you. The snap of twigs, they're very close. A voice from behind you. Thick, stoic, but warm. What are you doing out here, boy? You wheel round to see the man you had seen in statue form at the Everburn tree. The shamanic, poker-powered icon from ages past. Gratuitous candle. Shocking blonde hair, tussled with tight curls, sits flush to his thick brow, and long sideburns cling to square, defined jaws. His Olympic physique contorts as he moves a large, rapidash horn-shaped brazier, which burns with bright flame from one hand to the other. Did I startle you, young'un? find yourself staring down this large, almost naked man. Doesn't phase Kenny in the slightest. I'm not saying it was. I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying what you're seeing, Kenny. If anything, Kenny's jealous. They have approached you from the surrounding glade through the trees as you are sat on the unburning roots of the Everburn tree. Kenny, as you may have guessed, you have travelled a thousand years back into the past and before you is this mythical godlike figure, the one that you only know from stories, from the statue that you saw next to the Everburn tree, gratuitous candle in the flesh. And he's just asked you, did I startle you, young'un? You didn't necessarily startle me, but um, I don't quite know how I'm here. I don't quite know where this is. I mean, I know I, I'm quite used to sort of hopping between planes of existence, so maybe this is that. You speak in strange riddles, child. Where is your family? I come from Comover Town. I do not know this place. Is no? this from this land, Formia? Yes, it's a small, it's a small little town. Um, you just sort of want to take a right uh, after you exit uh, Rautuno Forest. It's not far from Surfloat. You don't know, no, these words, not sure. these words mean nothing to me. Is it my accent? Uh, no, I like your accent. It's strangely calming. It's giving me a good vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're troubling me, boy, that you're here on your own at night. Where do you think we are? We are in the midst of... Uh, I've just got to come up with a name for these woods. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> these, woods, these, woods, <laughs> these woods have not been named now that you mention it. Yet. You know what? You're right, young boy. You're right. These, we are in uncharted lands, and I am, I'm going to take it upon myself right now to name the spot in which we stand. What is your name? Hello, I'm Kenneth Mullet. I shall call these Kenneth Tree Glade. This is, that's what it will be. It has been my life's ambition to have a tree named after me. You have no, made tree, my a day. A glade, a glade, young boy. In fact, that seems more plants. That's even better. As far as the trees spread, boy, that is now 
I famously love plants. I've mentioned this almost every episode. Listen, we may be in uncharted territory, but there is a reason for that. This... There shouldn't be just anyone here, boy. This... The council is meeting in Nair the Other Glade. There shouldn't Where be is Nair the Other? Here. It's it's just over yonder. Two, two steps and a cliff. And how yeah. far away are we from yonder? You speak again in confusing terms, boy. I want my two lieutenants with me. Come out Pyroar and come out... Tepig. Come out Tepig. <laughs> Tepig, Pyroar, step forward. No, Pig Knight's more stupid. Oh. All right. Oh my goodness, you evolved. You've <laughs> <laughs> only been back there for ten minutes. What were you doing? Why, Pig. yes. Why, yes. I was uh, in uh, yonder. Just over yonder. And, two uh, two yeah, clicks and a step? Yes, yes, of two course. Two clicks and a step over yonder and she evolved me. She was very good yonder. Oh, you dog, Pig Knight. <laughs> you <laughs> no, dirty no, that, hog. It was training. It was training. Of course <laughs> it was, Pig Knight. Of course. And Pyro, how were your... Uh, how were your escapades over in the uh, the, 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 the hole the, that you were sat in? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's strange to be alive in a world in which we've named nothing and describe everything in vague terms. But I I suppose mm. that's that's the magic of living in a time. I, I guess we're all just talking in in human words for this strange well, boy well, that we don't know or of trust. Of course, of course. Yes. Pyro, yes, pig, of pig course. knight, you you speak English. Of course you do. We've, we've of, course course. Course. Yes. of course I do. Of course I do. And we also of describe course. things as not being here where we are at this very moment. That's how it works. Such is the nature of living in an uncharted land. That's why you named the continent Formia. You were like, let's Formia it as we as we go. But this boy, Pig Knight, Pyroar, I've discovered a child sat on the roots of this tree. He is dressed odd. He has large... I, I can only describe it as Simpson-esque hair. And it's it's troubling. It's troubling me. <laughs> okay, Stu, stop. Who were the Simpsons in this in this pre-formia uh, existing you, land? You speak, you speak in confusing no terms, concept. boy. Very confusing terms. <laughs> no, no concept of maths, but they do have the Simpsons. We do have Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is very electric tale of Mr. Burns, but in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hello. Um, hello, Lion and Pig, my name is Kenneth Mullet. Pig? How Lion dare you? My pig. name is Terence. Do you not know Pokemon Boy? Well, I know about a Dartrix and a Gyarados and a Magikarp and a Salandit uh. and a Spiritomb. And I think I just discovered a Joltik. Do you know a Joltik? Uh, I, it was I, just here. I didn't know, it, didn't know a Joltik, but I did know I was in a relationship once with a Salandit. And boy, was that a toxic relationship. Yes, we had to get you out of that <laughs> one, Terence, didn't we? <laughs> Kenny, for reasons he doesn't quite understand, goes Budum. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you seem well versed in uh, in Pokemon lore, boy. Yes, I do know seven of them. Yes, that's that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that's all of them. Well, I wouldn't know, boy. If only there was a way that we could categorize and and, and sort of mark them all down in some kind of device. But uh, yes, like alas. a like a machine that would tell you when you just looked at them. <laughs> do you know of such a device, boy? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny has his Pokedex on the ship. Yes, yes. <laughs> Listen, this is very odd for me, but I, I have to reiterate that I am concerned for your safety, boy. I mean, Terence the Tepig and a Pig Knight. I'm now a Pig Knight. I'm Just... sorry. It's going to take me some time to adjust. And of course, Pepper, Pepper the Pyro, you're here too. That yes, famously. My as my as my trusted lieutenants. Does this not trouble you as well that a a small child is is wandering the the well, Kenneth well, Tree does. Glade on his own? Oh, the Kenneth Tree Glade. I like that name. That's thank very you, thank good. You. That's yes. much better doesn't, than doesn't, yonder doesn't roll and off there. the tongue. All right, Pepper. <laughs> Pipe down, Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Did I mention you were I mean, second? We don't have a... You were second to Terence. <laughs> You've mentioned that every day since I, know, I came to know, I know you. I know. Not that we have a calendar in which I could chart any form of time because you've deliberately removed all forms of science or maths from Formia, but I'm not bitter about it. It's fine. You know, back in uh, Kalos, we had calculus. Uh, I find numbers hard. <laughs> what I enjoy is that, that David's found a way to bring Theo into the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Theo is actually a 30-second part... Very much, I think we discovered one of Theo's past lives. Yes. Yes, it troubles you, no? It does, because this is a small boy, and this is a council meeting, as you've established, and council council meetings are not for children. I had to evolve into a pig knight just to be here. (laughs) Absolutely, yes. Otherwise, you had to wait in the hole with Pepper. Pepper's a pyro. Very much. Nobody trusts Pepper. It's understandable. I'm incredibly fair weather. I mean, why not let this child crash this fairly important meeting? Child. Oh, Kenneth, I do know your name, yes. I I can't help but call you boy. It just feels better. Boy, do you know who I am? Uh, Yes. You are a gratuitous candle. Ah, you see, Terence, Pepper, I knew knew I was the most famous of the shamanic lords. (laughs) Yes, yes. They're not laughing because they hate me, apparently. (laughs) 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 Terence and Pepper stand really awkwardly, and I just... Um, Look, um, Mr. Mr. Candle, to be honest with you, I don't quite know how I'm here either, but... If you're about to have an important meeting, uh, I, would, I wouldn't I would mind if I could participate. I do know quite a lot about Formia. I, descri- I, I described parts that you didn't even know. So you don't remember how you got here? Um, I was in a large prison cart and I was trying to help my friend who was knocked unconscious. But I fell unconscious because she was kind of emitting this gas. And then next thing I knew, I woke up here in this tree. I know this tree very well, but the last time I saw this tree, it was it was burning. It was on fire. It was always burning. Uh, sir, I think this boy is having visions. Or, yes. Uh, or... Boy, would you excuse us for a second? Terence, Pepper, uh, a quick tete-a-tete-a-tete. Folks, lean in, lean in. He's 100% mad, right? Kenny. Kenny. Oh, I'm sorry, we have to wait. I think the boy wants to sing a song. Boy, do you have, do you have something to say and sing? I, I kind of thought it would just sort of absentmindedly go about in the background of the scene, but... <laughs> I love that. Maybe if we had individual tracks, possibly. Maybe if we did. Don't worry about me. I've got a pocket flute. I shall play it in the background. Oh, nice, oh, nice. That'll, that'll nice. sound tight need... in the edit. That'll sound so good. <laughs> We um, so we. I, I know he's obviously mad, but obviously. we do need a flute player. The term is flautist. How dare you? <laughs> I should have known, Pepper. You'd have known the real, real word. For that. <laughs> I'm still learning human. This... Okay, it's my second language. Can people be give me just a break that I don't know flautist <laughs> and I went for flute player? Terence Pepper, I. I have to say, I know this is this is madness and about. 60% of my rippling torso is telling me we should ignore this child and go back to the council, but there's another part of me that knows that when something mysterious happens, something strange, it's because Slowking willed it. Ah, yes. Slowking. And, and, uh, and Pig Knight bows, just sort of absentmindedly. Uh, we all bow. I, I, we all bow. 
It, it, it strikes me that perhaps this boy was sent here by Sloking. That's that's a big leap, gratuitous. Uh, yeah, that seems so by... ludicrous that it probably is likely. Where is yes. Sloking? Is Sloking here? No, or... Sloking, Sloking left us only only days ago. Oh, yes, I knew that because I've been <laughs> experienced the same things. Yes, I forgot. Yes. I thought Sloking would would show up, uh, but Sloking has has disappeared. Yes, t- Sloking. Of... Great cover. Great cover. Listen, listen, <laughs> Terence, Terence, we get it. You went back. You went back to spend a few days with the Salandit, didn't you? You need updating. <laughs> well, let me refresh your memory. Yes, Sloking, our great Lord and Savior, the bringer of the King's Rock, the bringer of knowledge and and compassion, left us only two days ago, leaving the world in disarray and people undecided as to what to do with the King's Rock. So the Shamanic Council have met to decide what to do with the King's Rock. Yes. Oh, oh, yes, this is this is a very important mm. meeting. It's really big. <laughs> it's like really big, Terrence. So I can't believe I left to yeah. go have another affair. <laughs> to go and have sex, I know, I know, Terrence. Listen, listen, Terrence, Pepper, me, Gratuitous, we're a team, all right? We represent the flame, the flame community, the flame tribe. We're a, we're a team. But I, I've got to say it, I don't trust some of those other shamanic lords and their Pokemon. Sir, I'm, does that not, does that fall into the... Exactly against what Sloking taught us. Didn't Sloking say constantly that humans, Pokemon, we're, we're the same? Of course, Sloking, <laughs> Sloking communicated that, yes, people, Pokemon, they're not so different, them and I. That we are all one in the same. And in a circle, in a hoop that never ends. Pokemon can develop the skills and language of people. People hey, can Pepper, develop... how high do you think that sycamore's going to grow? Real real high, but only if you if you I let it grow. The, I think the real question is, how high is Gratuitous Candle at this moment? He seems, <laughs> <laughs> seems to be really smoking on that shroomish before we oh, all met yeah. up. Pepper, you know, you know I've been dabbing on the dandy. I'm going to level with you. A lot of the council are going to be looking to me as one of the, the most powerful shamanic lords to, to make a decision. And the truth is, I don't know what to do. I don't know whether to destroy it, or I don't know whether to keep it and use it and try and use the power of the King's Rock and bind us together even more. I don't know. And I wonder whether maybe that boy can help. Boy? (laughs) Boy? Oh, sorry. I was just finishing up my favourite aria. What is it called? It is uh, is by Ludwig van Beetskwoven. Okay. You mean love disc vans Bates Covid. <laughs> Hello. How how much of that conversation did you uh, did you hear? All of it. Maybe secretly I wanted that so that I didn't have to repeat myself right now. Oh actually sorry, I didn't hear a single thing. Could you please repeat everything you said? Oh boy, don't do that to me. Don't do that to Just me. Just met so much gratuitous. Come on. Joe a joke? A joke? Have we invented jokes yet? From the last 10 minutes, no, we haven't. Absolutely not. <laughs> but 10 minutes try 20. Would a, bad, would a bad person tell a joke? I don't think so. We're historical figures at the point we don't have many much frame of reference. So currently I've never met a villain who's told a joke. So I think we trust the boy. Hmm. Boy, yes. I find this odd and strange, but I've not been one to doubt the machinations of Sloking before, and I won't stop now. Would you like to come to this meeting? Yes. I said that about probably 15 minutes ago at this point. Yes, yes. We, we know about that, but we just wanted it all to make sense that that was, you know? Yes, yeah, we just had to narratively make sure that we were all cool with it. I did really appreciate the context, but yes, I would love to come to this meeting. If you want, I could, 
you know, try to be all like hidden in the background so people don't really know I'm there. Oh, oh. or I could pretend to be another one of your Pokemon. Dress oh, me oh, up. I think that's a terrible idea. No, no, no. no. Uh, I know. I like it. I don't like worry. It. No, I don't oh. think we should. I think we're a team. We, we want to be open with the other shamanic tribes. No, you know, right. we don't want no, to. We, we don't want deceive. to hide. We shouldn't deceive. You're correct. Um, that sounds something like the electric tribe would do. Oh, or the or the water tribe. Oh, thinking they're so good because Slowkick was water type. Oh, oh I yeah, get it. He's, he's also psychic type as well. We also get psychic. It. And I've heard I've heard that he had another form in a, in a former region that was fire. That's just what I've heard. I, I, I've heard that too. Kenneth, boy, you're coming with us. Thank you, gratuitous man. That a toxic relationship. My name is Stuart, and I am a midsection addict. Hi, Stuart. Hello, Stuart. Hi, Stuart. It's been really tough. I just every time I see a midsection, I want to talk about it. But I have been clean for sixteen weeks. I just hope that's amazing. You know, I'd never seen well a midsection in my life. That's really proud That'd of you. Really good. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's a bit awkward, though, Stu, that we now have to talk about a midsection. Um, how are we going to get into it, guys? Uh, like this. Hey, everyone, welcome to the midsection. Um, <laughs> today, we have a midsection. Oh, my, oh my God. Oh, my God. Be cool. Be cool, Stu. Be cool. If we all relapse, it doesn't count. Exactly. How about if we just don't call it a midsection this week? We just call it a sidmection. A sidmection. Funny enough, this is a midsection from sidmection. It is. It is. They are going by the alias D. Tuttle, but we all know that this is actually Sid Mection. Sid writes, hello and salutations. <laughs> I enjoy your podcast quite a bit. Quite a bit. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite good. <laughs> it's number it's not, five on my page. It's on the rankings. <laughs> I have an idea for the podcast. An ancient travelling merchant called Ramesses that has travelled the world with his last living Pokemon, Hitmonlee. What's special about this Hitmonlee is that it can use teleport because it had a best friend, Alakazam, that transferred some of his powers to the Hitmonlee. Since Ramses travels all over the world, he could give the players some really useful stuff for their adventures or some random stuff, depending on the roles. Fun little fact, Ramses was a Pokemon champion way back in the day that no one remembers him anymore. Keep being a great podcast. Thanks, D. Tuttle. That was a, a lovely end to the email. I feel like we went up in your ranking from the really beginning is. of your of your midsection <laughs> suggestion to the end. So, guys, talk to me, Ramses, Ramses. Well, I think I think we know where we're spending all our five per diem points at. <laughs> oh yeah, Ramses traveling sh- Hitmonlee shop of random junk that could be useful. Anyone else picturing the the beetle from Zelda series? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I'm very question. much picturing like Beedle mixed with Savannah from Animal Crossing. Do we think that Ramesses is undercutting Whiskey's Delius? That's huge. So you think Ramesses? Ramesses is quite old, so maybe it's a rival of Whiskey. Maybe they how, are a rival. Wait, of how Whiskey. old is Whiskey? She's just, pretty old. She sounds old. <laughs> old as the hills. <laughs> what I want to know is why Ramesses has been forgotten. Because that is that's brutal to be the Pokemon champion. And now nobody knows, nobody remembers. That almost suggests foul play to me. Which ironically was the arc that Sid was listening to when he thought, yeah, this is actually quite good. (laughs) But do we think there's been some memory wipe or has Ramesses done something wrong? Maybe the Alakazam wiped everybody's memories and pretended they were a close friend of Ramesses and the Hitmonlee. But betrayed Ramesses? Oh my Mm. goodness. 
Oh, okay. So what happened at that match? There was a there was a closing match where Ramesses was there, nailing it as always, kicking people with the Hitmonlee. Posh, posh. Alakazam as there as the closer. Maybe Ramesses swapped out Hitmonlee for his final champion match. Maybe it was it was for <gasps> the six on six. This was a champion match, but he swapped out Hitmonlee. I love that. What if what if Ramesses has always been a money money motivated fellow, and Ramesses was offered. By some big time player, some some chuckles mc- Scrooge Duck, you know, <laughs> loads of cash was like, if you take a fall, if you take a fall in this match, I'll pay you big, big, big bucks because I've made loads off my betting. Ramesses is like, if I keep Hitmonlee in, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win. I can't, I can't help it. He's too good at kicking, so I need to swap him out. And he puts in a sligoo out of nowhere, and I was like, what's going on? Takes the fall, loses the match, and Alakazam. Alakazam knows what's up. Alakazam can read minds. Because he can read minds. <laughs> exactly. Ramesses exactly. was like, I think I've got away with it. Alakazam's like, dude, what? <laughs> I'm inside your head. All the time. Uh, so Alakazam punishes Ramesses for defacing the sport of Pokemon battling and wipes, oh. wipes the history books of Ramesses and sends Ramesses off to earn money the old-fashioned way, the noble way. By selling antiques. By selling antiques in a cart, in a cave. <laughs> so noble. <laughs> <laughs> the oldest profession. I mean, I think that works really well. I think that's really a sad tale for Ramesses, and we'll meet Ramesses at some point, and as Ali says, use our podium points to buy some of this ex-Pokemon champion's wonderful knickknacks that will hopefully become useful. Should we each do one item that's in Ramesses' Yes, I was just going to ask that because I also thought it would be mm. a good way because we had some items in a midsection recently, didn't we? It'd be from Crandon, fun way right? to kind of yes, yeah, from Crandon's Crandon. suggestion. So you know, Ramses could have some of those. Ramses sells a magical wig. When the owner puts it on, they actually turn invisible. Nice. I I would I would almost argue that that is better than a knickknack. <laughs> <laughs> Ali, that might be better than the King's Rock, to be honest. I think we all need to be chasing the multicolored clown wig that makes you go. Is Ramsey Ramsey selling the Deathly Hallows? No, no, maybe Ramsey's just sells a wig. It's just a normal wig. Ramsey says it turns you invisible. Yes, yes. Does it? Ramsey's also is that guy, if you've ever seen the Disney Hercules film, who wants to sell a lot of sundials. Ramses has got a lot of sundials that he is trying to shift. On that note, Tom, I was going to say that Ramses is trying to cash in on the stationary slash weaponry kind of trend. environment trend that seems to be sweeping for me right now. He's selling a protractor shield to go with uh, any other kind of. They've got comp- There's a compass bow and arrow. I'm trying to remember what else I used in GCC. Calculator maps. grenade. <laughs> Tom, Tom I think, again, again What's I think that's, that's just an improvised explosive device you've described there, Tom. That's, true. that's not really a... Pencil darts? But they're just pencils. Um, they could give you lead poisoning. <laughs> oh, he's old-style pencils. Ramses, you evil, evil person. <laughs> D-Tuttle, <laughs> you are an excellent person for sending that midsection in. And if you would like to send a midsection in, please email us at criticalditto at gmail.com and we'll add it into a midsection. But yes, if you're one of those people uh, and would like your midsection character to skip the queue, sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash critical ditto. I did it. I did it. I resisted the midsection. Oh, did that's you? why you didn't You didn't offer anything. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I deliberately shut myself down from suggesting any good ideas. And therefore, I think I'm cured. Yay. Happy days. <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> you, don't, you don't care about me at all, do you? <laughs> 
<laughs> you're meant to be my sponsor, Ali. You've paid us to be here. We're not your friends. You you live in this mansion, claiming that you're you're addicted to these things called midsections, and we're just here against our will. We just no. You're addicted to me. You're all addicted to me. This midsection outro got weird. Who's that Pokemon? Boy, was that a toxic relationship. It's Pig Night. Okay, we cut to 15 minutes later, and the shamanic... Are we still in the Kenneth Glade? <laughs> We're still in the Kenneth Glade. The, actually, what's happened is the shamanic lords have come to surround the Everburn tree. This is where the meeting We were happening. just the first to arrive. <laughs> we yes. were just so on time. We were just really on time. And there is a <laughs> an enclave within the Everburn tree, an opening. The shamanic lords are gathering. You see representatives from various other tribes and representing certain types. They each have human representatives and Pokemon representatives, and they're milling. Some of them seem quite trusting. Probably the grass, the grass types. They seem quite nice. They're saying hello. <laughs> they're waving. Oh man, Kenny would, is so, so bonding with some no, of them over no, like a cup of us. tea. You're with us. You're with the fire dudes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the normal and the rock types just seem quite low level. They seem sort of quite basic yeah. type Pokemon. The, steel, oh, the normal, <laughs> the normal brought a spread when nobody asked. <laughs> <laughs> and I, oh, it's just a little thing we put together. It's no, it's nothing. Oh. The psychic types are boring the dark types about their dreams that they each had the night before. Oh, I had this crazy dream last night that I was actually a volcano inside no a smaller that means, that air means so much. That, like, that says a lot about your prowess. There are a lot of dark types here. A there are lot, a lot of Zoroarks. Something about... <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are 72 Zoroarks at the meeting. <laughs> The, the dark types don't say anything. They just wear hoods and they just kind of like, they sit there with their little, their hands in their sleeves. Like The ironic thing is there are 72 Zoroarks there, but no one knows because it will look like other Pokemon. Yes. <laughs> but yes, all the types are gathering. At a certain point, Gratuitous appears and Gratuitous is the one currently in the possession of the King's Rock. It's wrapped in various holy folds, various holy bandages and... Gratuitous approaches the Everburn tree, and as Gratuitous approaches, everybody goes quiet. All the muttering and the tittering and the various discussions or tensions between everyone just goes quiet. And Gratuitous walks slowly up and unwraps the package in his hands. And Kenny, you see it for the first time with your own eyes. The King's Rock. <gasps> it's a crown, a rocky crown, fairly unassuming in terms of its actual appearance, but its aura, its visage, is like nothing you've ever known, Kenny. This is so Rivendell. I love it. <laughs> Gratuitous carefully places the King's Rock inside the enclave of the Everburn tree, which at the moment is just a tree, and steps back and takes his place with the other fire-type shamanic people. I kind of see it like Eurovision, where everyone has their booth. Mm. <laughs> you know? Did you just compare this holy ceremony to Eurovision? Uh, Ironically, Europe's you're holy ceremony. Uh, <laughs> Graham Norton is commentating on this ceremony. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's here's gratuitous candle putting a putting a rock inside of a tree. It's uh, it's a classic <laughs> classic symbol of the fire tribe. It's uh, hello hello enclave. Yes, I'm coming to you from the steel type. We'd just like to say we want to give all of our king's rock points to the bug people. Of course they do. Of course, every oh. year this happens. Every year, it's political. Famous, it's all political. Famous allegiances between all the types that weren't very good in Generation One. Famously, famously <laughs> done. 
Oh, the yes, give us a point. Absolutely, absolutely disgusting bunch of people to watch win. Absolutely Awful. repulsive. It's like Awful. it's like watching uh, a, a disease eat a people alive. It's really- <laughs> <laughs> as uh, as as gratuitous places the King's Rock in the Enclave. It's like people know the ceremony has started, and gratuitous as the placer of the King's Rock is the first to speak. Kenny, you are sat over with Terence the Pig Knight and Pepper the Pyroar. Gratuitous lifts up his Rapidash brazier and Kenny, you see this orange light start to pulse through his veins of his right arm as the brazier lifts and it goes down through his bicep, his forearm into his hand and down into the brazier and just erupts and the light and the flame goes and this sweeping flaming ball just erupts over the centre of the ceremony and then goes back into the brazier. Gratuitous speaks. Gathered lords of Formia and followers of Sloking. And me. And also a boy. (laughs) Ignore the boy, he's our friend. Ignore the boy. You water shamans. Ignore the boy for now. Who's the boy? Who's the boy? Who's that boy over there? Don't make me do the flame ball again. No. Don't do the flame ball. Not to me, not the bug type people. I like to see the flame ball. We are gathered here today to discuss what to do with the King's Rock now that... And Gratuitous takes a breath. Now that our Lord and Saviour Sloking is no longer with us. There is a rabble from the assembled lords. How could you, How say, could you say this? You don't know, know that. that. It's impossible. I saw it. I saw it. It's over. We're doomed. We're doomed. I don't know what to do. And Gratuitous has to hold up a flame again and says, Stop, stop. I pray. I pray for calm. We need to decide what to do with the King's Rock. Without Sloking's guidance and their sweet pink paw to guide us, it's too dangerous to be left on its own. I, as the temporary leader of this council, would like to propose that, and you can see Gratuitous start to stumble a little on his words, and his, his confidence wanes, his shoulders slightly sag. I would like to, uh, to, 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 uh, to propose that one of the shamanic lords jumps in and takes this moment of indecision as their chance to intervene. Which shamanic lord is it that breaks in? The ground-type shamanic lord. The ground-type nice, shamanic lord. Nice. Okay. What does the ground-type shamanic lord look like? What is their most distinctive piece of facial hair? Long nose hair. Gross! I was going to mm. say nose hair. <laughs> I was going to say. I was thinking nose hair as well. <laughs> well now, I was now... thinking, is, I think the nose hair is so long that it's actually plaited into their actual hair, so it's like a loop. Is it like mole's yeah. whiskers, almost? Because they're kind of like... Yeah. Burrowy. Yes. So they've got like an excadrill and a dog trio with them, mm. and they're like... <laughs> okay. Yes, oh, yes, I am the, gr- I am the ground mole. Yes, news. Stop, stop this, gratuitous. I am ground men, and my name... <laughs> Sorry. Don't laugh at me, boy. Nobody even knows who you are. We come up with we come up with gra- gratuitous candle and ground man. That's not my name. Kenny, Kenny, please. The ground shaman is is very powerful. Do not make fun of ground man. Okay, oh, no. that's, that's, that's my name. That's my name. What he chose to call himself. The point is, is that I, ground man, know that you, gratuitous candle, have no idea what to do with the king's rock. You are not fit to leave this, but I, I groundman, have a suggestion. I think we should keep the King's Rock 
I think we should keep it. And we should use it. Use it to govern and and to to rule. I don't think we can rule at the moment. Since Sloking left, it's been a nightmare in Celadonia with the grass people. <laughs> the flying, the flying people are like you. You cannot trust the grass people. They are savages. We try savages. To, we we try are just trying to farm and feed our people. We our are people hungry. Are angry. We are hungry in the in the flying realm, and you won't let us have any of your crops. None of, course, of them. Of course, we won't. We need to live in harmony, as Sloking Sloking suggested. But at the moment, we can't. Without Sloking, we are lost. We are lost. We cannot rule. We must relinquish our power. We must simply walk away. Uh, I say that we shuttle the king's lock and turn it into a small art exhibition. You, that's what you've said at every single meeting. <laughs> Gratuitous can feel this meeting once again devolving into the petty squabbles and grievances of the various... Yeah, so can Stu. <laughs> Gratuitous stops everyone once again and says, right, oh, right, right, okay, well, I can clearly see that there are two schools of thought here. There are those who think we should keep the rock and use it, and those who think we should get rid of it otherwise or destroy it because we can't be trusted. I think... And again, there's this silence as Gratuitous holds up a wavering finger. And then Gratuitous moves the finger and points it towards Kenny. I think you should speak, boy. And everyone's like, who, who is this boy? What is going Gratuitous, what are you doing? This is crazy. Who is this child? This is what? crazy. This is madness. Everyone's, everyone's clamoring at you, Kenny, shouting you down. The general feeling, the atmosphere is one of distrust and contempt, but Gratuitous is beckoning you to stand in front of the Everlandry. What do you do? Kenny stands up and goes, Can everybody please stop arguing? Look, I don't profess to be special in any way, but I do know that nothing good comes of everyone at war with each other. Now, you all want the best for this land. I think you need to ask yourselves, am I trying to do the best for for Formia, or am I trying to do the best for me? I'm going to try to do something. Okay, and I think Kenny, I hope you know what you're doing. Turn it into an art exhibition for now. <laughs> Boy, be careful. Kenny goes up to the tree and picks up the king's rock. Mm. Oh my word! Oh my goodness! Kenny's going to try to channel Sloking through the king's rock and speak to Sloking's subjects. Ooh, I like it. Okay. Ooh, fun. Seems like a uh, plus tough to me, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> That's because that sounds pretty tough. Yeah, that sounds tough. <laughs> But it's also, it's also very weird. All right. Roll in another weird. 2d6 plus 2. Oh, Ooh! Yes. That's a 4 and a 5 plus a 2. That's an 11. Oh, okay. Okay. Kenny, you pick up the king's rock. And for a second, there's nothing. But then something happens. There's some connection between you and the king's rock. And it feels instinctive. It feels somehow like it was meant to be. Like this moment was meant to be. Like a real full success. <laughs> Kenny, you feel your own body, your own soul 
start to make way as something else enters through you, almost like gratuitous, down your palm, down your arm, through your shoulder and into you. And you wouldn't know this because you can't see yourself, but to everyone else around you, there's this glow about you, this aura. Your eyes are now blue. It's like, it's, yeah, no, it's a Kenny, it's a Kenny sloking animorph. It's like the third picture on an animorph cover. Half Kenny, half sloking. It's so epic, Stu. What a, what a, what a beautiful 90s energy. Big 90s energy. But yes, and you turn to the congregation. You turn to these shamanic lords who are sitting back on their various stumps and rocks and feel like this pressure of power coming at them. Grauman's nose hair plait has just fallen away in shock. Kenny, so you're speaking as Sloking or you're communing yeah. with Sloking? Maybe Kenny communes with Sloking. You have like this tiny window to ask a couple of questions of Sloking and then you use that to say whatever you want to say to the shamanic people. Okay, so yeah. essentially my role was like a... Check a king out, that's what you've done. Check a god out. <laughs> behind the substitute. So you've essentially rolled behind the substitute on a deity. Two questions for mm. a god. Is Sloking telling the truth? What's Sloking really feeling? What does Sloking intend to do? What does Sloking wish you'd do? Oh. How, could, how could I get Sloking to... Definitely the what does Sloking wish you'd do. Uh-huh. What was the second one again, sorry? What's Sloking really feeling? Yeah, I think, I think probably maybe those two. What does Sloking wish I, and by that, you know, we can expand it out to the whole group. Okay. So, Kenny, what you're, what you're seeing in this strange hybrid form is a mind palace, essentially. But it's like the original mind palace, the first mind palace. And instead, of a, sea mind of, palace. instead of a sea of black, it's a sea of white, of pure white, like ivory white. And wow. you see the back of a Sloking in resplendent gold. Hello, I'm Kenneth Mullet. The sloking turns, sees you, and smiles. Oh, that's that's very pleasant of you. I think I should be bowing. I'm gonna I'm gonna kneel and sort of bow. The sloking walks up to your your bowing form, and chuckles slightly, with a shake of the head. <laughs> no, don't like that. <laughs> it's me. I am the sloking. Yes, I am coming uh, around. No. <laughs> I can't shake the voice that Sloking has in the second Pokemon movie as the voice that all Sloking should have. Sloking's going to have to get a voice in the next 10 minutes, but I, I'm not ready to commit to that yet. <laughs> Kenny, the, the Sloking just takes your hand and raises you back up. Look, there are a lot of questions that I feel like I need to ask you, but I feel like I'm on a bit of a time constraint so i'm just gonna ask you to because that was what my role determined cut to the shamanic council or looking at kenny drooling slightly as he looks <laughs> what's he doing what is this <laughs> give him time give him time <laughs> he's gonna do something i promise you grauman look i'm sorry i'm really sorry before i say anything before i ask you anything i know someone that would give their right arm their right leg anything to talk with you right now. It almost feels wrong that it's me and not them. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. For some reason, I think you might, but um, they're very important and there's going to be a time when they're going to really desperately need you. And I just, all I ask is that maybe you could show them the way every now and then. Sloking looks like it recognises what you're saying. 
I genuinely um, thought you were going to say, Slow King Tertius says, Get out of my house! <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I'm showering. Slow King looks, Slow King looks like it recognises what you're saying, Kenny. David, what, when, it, when it looks like it's recognising that Kenny is talking about Theo, what emotive expression does Slow King make? Slow King does that... This is going to be... I hope this isn't too niche, but you know when you are remembering somebody who was a real tearaway when you were younger and you're you're many many years since you knew them and then somebody brings up an anecdote where they did something really stupid when they were a kid there's a fond exhaustion on slow king's face of just like a oh we, they're gonna be trouble right <laughs> i love that we're just assuming kenny's talking about theo here and not brandy what does slow king look like if uh, if they think about brandy <laughs> Just vomits. Just like, oh god, no. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the slow king appears in Brandy's room and she's like, get out of here! I'm showering! <laughs> <laughs> you pervert! Get out of my house! <laughs> so Kenny says that, sees that look flash across their face and goes, Lord Slow King, there are a lot of people out in this sort of weird glade and they are lost. They don't know what to do with the power and the gifts that you have given them. And they've turned to me for guidance and look, I know what happens kind of to the King's Rock, to your vessel, but how can I justify that they're going to have to part with this, this thing that could give them everything? Sloking, who already has hold of your hand, Kenny, moves their small pink paws up to your shoulders and looks into your face and you see a mixture of pain, sorrow and confidence in Sloking's eyes as they well with similarly resplendent golden tears. Although you don't see Sloking's mouth move, you hear words in your head. I am so sorry. I didn't expect it to be you, but I suppose it was always meant to be. start to reappear around you and the voices and the words of the shamanic lords that were gathered start to pierce your ears once again you're returning to that reality and as your vision unblurs and you start to take in the real world around you once again you hear the lords and they're shouting they're clamoring there seems to be confusion fear rage in their voices why what 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 could possibly be provoking this you haven't done anything you're just standing there and then you look down at your hands and you see that where a king's rock was in your hands now is just this small cloud of dust that is being whisked into the air carried up into that night sky illuminating slightly against the pale bright moon and the king's rock is gone the shamanic lords um. start to stand 
and Groundman is raging, jumping like a small mole. Some of the, the grass shamans and Pokemon are stood aghast. The entire congregation cannot believe what they've just seen, but it's gratuitous Candle who approaches you, Kenny. Kenny stood in front of the Everburn tree. His giant Olympic form sags, defeated. I trusted you. What, what have you done? Um, what on earth have you done? I, I, I don't really know. Um... I, I I have a horrible feeling that that I know exactly what happened, but I don't I don't know how. I'm I'm sorry. It it wasn't it wasn't me. This is uh, slow. Gratuitous. I guess I was wrong. Villains can make jokes sometimes. I I hold my hands up there. That's it's a villain. No, you don't understand. I had no control over that. I, I met with Sloking and they Sloking. You dare speak his name? Sloking could never wish for this. Sloking would never plunge us into this kind of confusion. Do you know what you've done, boy? You have started a conflict that will not cease. And I cannot forgive you for that. Gratuitous no. candle raises their brazier, their rapidash brazier, and you see again that arm glow orange, but this time that orange turns to red, aggressive red. Flame starts to burn into their fist, and they fire this fist towards you. But it goes through you. And Kenny, you're no longer there. And Gratuitous Candle has punched the Everburn tree and it has ignited into the most brilliant blaze that anyone in that glade will ever see and will ever see. That blaze will not stop. Kenny, you are once again whisked through that maelstrom of colour, sensory, light and audio, and it again is nauseating. You swallow hard, shut your eyes tight, this time knowing that this will come to an end. And it does. It finishes. How long it took, you don't know, but you once again find yourself back in the prisoner transport car that you were in seemingly moments before. You're holding Luan, as you intended to do before you passed out. Your hands clutch her tightly, and as you look from the white knuckles of your own hands that grip Luan tightly with this protective grasp, as your senses return to you, you realise that you're not breathing in gas. The gas is completely gone. Luan is still unconscious, but you feel fine. As you take a second to get your bearings, you hear a noise from behind you, and you look to the small opening out of which Joltik had escaped before you had passed out. And through the crack, you see Joltik again. With its tiny yellow-furred limb, it seems to be gesturing, beckoning quickly with pace, someone to come and join, to see the scene. The light that streams in through this small, cracked corner of the car is blocked as you see one face, two faces, three faces, peering in. Blarb, Farb, Tallahassee Bingeworth, Tallulah, and finally, the purple mohawk of Rodri. Rodri's mouth hangs agape 
as his eyes lock with the woman in your arms. Mum? And we're back, back in the present day. Hope uh, hope you didn't get time travel sick. Thanks for coming with us on that Buck Wild concept episode. Um, big, big thank you to the players for that one as well. I kind of sprung that on them, especially Ali. And they went with it. They went with it so good. It was such a joy to be able to do something weird and cool like that and explore the past and the lore of Formia and the King's Rock and how Kenny and Sloking tie into that in a really interesting, for me anyway, fashion. So thank you for listening to. I'm going to shoot out some quick thank yous. Thank you, of course, to the creators of Pokemon, Satoshi Tajiri and Junichi Masuda. We are not affiliated with Game Freak or the Pokemon Company. We are not-for-profit and fan-made. But we do thank those guys for coming up with the original ideas of the franchise, which we know and love. Thanks to Braxton Burks and the Materia Collective, and thanks also to Glitch X City for some of the music tracks used in the episode. And also a shout out to EpidemicSound.com, who we are now using to provide our sound effects and some of the royalty-free music that you can now hear in the podcast. That is a result of our patrons over on Patreon. One of the ways in which we are using the money that you are supporting the podcast with is with the uh, subscription to Epidemic Sounds. So it is a good little segue onto our fantastic patrons who I always want to thank. Thank you to Alasdair Collinson. Thank you to Ginny Voss. Thank you to Millamoy. Thank you to Eric Eichinger. Thank you to Crana Creations. Thank you to GGT. Thank you to Force Majeure. Thank you to Cesar Trevino. Thank you to Alchemage. Thank you to Josh Anderson. Thank you to Trigula. Thank you to Jonah Jackson. Thank you, Big Fuck. Big, Big Fuck. Big Fuck Nook. One day I'll get it. Thank you to Kaiko Pink Cosplay. Thank you to Haikili. Thank you, Dr. Mega Man PhD. I want to know what Dr. Mega Man got his PhD in. Scott M, thank you. Atlas Moth, thank you so much. Carrie Morrison, thank you. And a big, big thank you to our latest patron, Turtle Lover 2244. Thank you for coming in there at the Pokemon Champion level. Get your previously on Critical Ditto into our Gmail criticalditto at gmail.com and you will appear on the podcast speaking of which we had a pokemon champion do our previously this week it was carrie morrison giving us a lovely irish lilt and then freaking out and going back to british (laughs) it was great thank you carrie for that send yours in if you are a pokemon champion tier on the patreon if you're interested in joining the patreon uh, and want to support the podcast, you can do so at patreon.com slash critical ditto. You get all sorts of goodies, including some bonus audio content like the Formian Short series and David's Valentine one-shot, Continental Crush, which is great fun, uh, and also get to support a podcast that hopefully you love. There are a multitude of other ways you can support the podcast. You can tweet us at Critical Ditto. You can join us on the Discord. Come and join our wonderful community there. Shout out to the Paladins for being amazing admins, as always. Or you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever you get your, your podcasts from. That always helps us because it helps visibility of the podcast and also helps us, you know, know what you like and what you don't like. 
I mean, maybe if it's a bad one, maybe just send it to us privately and we can, like, you know, work it out in-house rather than putting it out there. But, hey, you do you, finally. Let me thank my players, David, Tom, Ali, especially this week, because it was a crazy cool episode. And Tom and David graciously played Pepper the Pyroar and Terence the Tepig as opposed to their regular characters. Don't worry, Brandy and Thea will be back next week as we return to present day, as we find out what happened after that colossal stampede. Stay tuned. But for now, I'm going to leave you, and I've only got one thing to say. Remember, adventure is out there. you just got to step in the tall grass. Psych.